This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Now, the Semenye by-election happened last Saturday. Barisan National Zakaria Hanafi won the four-cornered fight with a majority of 1,914 votes. Turnout was a record high for a by-election. It was at uh, 73%. Yeah, so this is a blow for Basatu, which was the incumbent uh, and rarely lost in by-election. The last time this happened was in 2014. So some are saying that this is a sign for Pakatan in losing Malay support and is not fulfilling um, its general election. Promises. That's right. So weighing in on this issue, we have Ame Farid, Director of Strategy at the KRA Group, which is a political uh, risk consultancy. Uh, good morning, Ame, and thanks for joining us. Uh, it seems uh, as if the constituencies of uh, Semenye have decided they have had enough uh, with PH and by voting BN in. Uh, do you agree with this view and uh, whether Pakatan was too complacent about B- the BN threat? Good morning. Yes, how well how things have changed um, in in a span of nine months. Um, yeah, putting things into uh, context. This is the first of the six by elections so far that BN has. Um, BN has, uh, it is the first that BN has successfully unseated uh, PH in in a seat that PH is is defending, and this is a back to back loss by the PH government after losing uh, Cameron. Uh, uh, after defeating Cameron Highlands um, about a month ago. Um, it's, they're off to a rather shaky uh, start, I would say. Um, where did uh, Pakatan go wrong? I think three things happened over the, over the course of the campaign. First and foremost, it's very clear that national issues trump local matters in this by-election. Um, the rising cost of living, lack of job opportunities, job insecurities, and lack of progress in fulfilling uh, its manifesto promises cost the Pakatan Harapan government much uh, support. And of course, both Pakatan and Barisan identified that Malay and Islamic identity politics would play a key role in securing a, the Malay voter base in, in, in this in, in this by-election, which had 68% uh, is a Malay majority seat. And this is certainly a apparent how they picked the candidates um, for, this, for the seat, which leads me to my second point. Basatu's choice um, of its candidates seemed to have backfired for them. While she is young and academically accomplished, and in, in, in other, um, uh, in pre- if this was the previous case, it, was, it would have been okay. But his lack of personal ch- charisma meant that in this battle of big boys, it had limited appeal in holding on to the swing voters of uh, G14. And uh, thirdly, and this is a critical point here, there was a lack of coherent message from Pakatan. Victory in Semenye depended on whether uh, Barisan or Pakatan be able to push out effective narratives and messaging uh, towards uh, the Malay uh, swing voters. These voters have already experienced uh, um, nine months under the PH government and are instinctively or probably you seem comfortable with the narratives pushed out by BN, BN um, and PAS. Moreover, ministers in the Pakatan government seem to be contradicting each other a lot during the campaign trail. And um, I, I feel that the component parties uh, had clearly worked in silos. Um, you, you know, I mean, you highlighted earlier about Amno playing, um, Amno and Pass playing the race card uh, quite effectively in the by-election as they did in Cameron. Do you think that racial themes are here to stay? Well, <clears throat> from preliminary numbers, uh, there seems to be at least five percent swing on the Malay ground from uh, PH to BN, um, and therefore it goes to show that race and religion um, uh, issues does give 
uh, a dividend to um, parties like uh, Barisan um, and, and PAS. But at the end of the day, the, it, whether or not it's here to stay, it's also incumbent upon uh, the uh, po- political uh, parties to play this issue very carefully because it can easily backfire. And, and for Pakistan, they do not have... Uh, they have to focus on uh, the economic messages and deliver on its full, uh, on its campaign promises. And and also um, the past BN support uh, has been very integral and uh, looking uh, getting stronger by the day. Do you think that this is uh, becoming a force to be reckoned with going forward? And what should uh, Pakistan's strategy uh, be that? Uh, should they fight fire with fire with also race-based issues or should it be other things? Well, yes, uh, as, as I pointed out just now, that um, the BN and PAS um, uh, cooperation and the issues that they've chosen seem to resonate with the Malay ground, um, the ground that they are targeting and they're focusing. And if this uh, trend continues, like 5% uh, swing from uh, BH to BN, if it's replicated nationally, um, then you may have uh, problems, especially in rural, uh, semi-rural um, areas in these this can be at least minimum up to 30, 40, 40 parliamentary seats. Um, whether Pakatan should fight fire with fire, I don't think so. As I said just now, um, key issue is still the economy. And if Pakatan can focus on getting that right, fixing um, the economy, delivering on bread and butter issues, it doesn't ha- have to reach out to the race and um, a religion um, card. And I think a lot of Malaysian voters would not, Want not expect that of Pakistan. I mean, let's uh, speak about P- uh, Party Socialism Malaya for a second. And there was, you know, strong messaging about addressing social welfare issues, mm-hmm. um, you know, of the constituency. But they only, you know, they only received 847 votes. You know, they a lot of people actually think that they had a decent shot this time around. Were you surprised? Mm-hmm. Um, logically, given the economic issues and Sabanya being a working class area and um, PSM choosing a Malay candidate um, this time around resonating with a voter racial uh, racial base, um, I would personally have hoped that it um, have fed, uh, would have fed better. But clearly, this round, the battle was between the big boys. It was between AMNO and PAS teaming up on one side and the BN facing off Basatu, the voters on it and wanted to send a loud and clear message, I, I believe, to the ruling coalition. Now, looking ahead, we have the Rantau by-election as well. The incumbent is an unknown man who won the seat uncontested the last time. Uh, what is your prognosis and your outlook for that one? Well, Rantau is the uh, home ground of uh, the acting president of AMNO, uh, former MP of Negrish Milan, Tokmat Hassan, and he's a, a local boy there. Uh, he's got a very strong support base. Uh, but having said that, um, it's, it's very interesting to see how PKR um, will, will, will play that seat out. Would PKR um, uh, use its previous formula, um, or would it reach out um, to... Um, a race, uh, a candidate based on, on, on race by putting a Malay candidate there uh, to face off against uh, Mat Hassan. Or there are talks that, you know, uh, YB Zoraida um, of PKR did mention that, you know, probably putting a female candidate would work in the benefit of Pakistan. It's, it's important now to see the choice of candidate um, in this round. And of course, uh, the um, issues, that, uh, economic issues especially, that, that they would like to highlight. 
Thank you so much for joining us. And that was Ami Farid from the KRA Group on the Samanyev by-election last Saturday. Uh, there were also, uh, sure, it's other reactions, uh, none less from the Prime Minister Tun Dr. Mahate, who admitted that Amno past ties contributed uh, to uh, BN's victory in Semenye in contrast to GE14 uh, when the Malay vote was split between two parties. However, uh, the Prime Minister thinks that uh, um, the UMNO pass collaboration would not succeed in the general election. Yeah, and there's also comments coming from uh, Datuk Sri Muhammad Azmin Ali, the Economic Affairs Minister Julian, saying that um, PH government will continue to fulfil its promises, uh, particularly relating to the Malay and Bumiputri agenda. Boom. Excuse me, Bumiputra agenda, and uh, you know, he also said that the Economic Action Council will also, you know, urgently implement measures to again reduce the cost of living, improve wages, alleviate poverty, and also boost home ownership. Yeah, I think that's the main thing, isn't it? Uh, when you go with uh, economic policy, and I may be naive here by saying this, but uh, does that? override a, a lot of the uh, racial and religious issues when you say, uh, you know, we're going to redistribute wealth and we're going to put money into the pockets and wallets of the B40 and the poor. Do you think that will sort of make racial and religious issues less relevant, Sharit? Yeah, I, I think you... you struck a chord there. I think this is when you have... Communication is key here. I mean, at one stage you're focusing on B40. Next thing you know you have a minister that you know, playing the same sort of, like you said, fire, playing fire with fire, start playing in that, that sort of uh, sentiment. And also, let's not forget what, uh, you know, Tun Mahade also said during the election that saying the opposition has no power right now, there's no point of voting for them. Again, it's playing that whole, uh, it's like, I'm no, I'm no back then. That was how it was uh, when they were handling elections. Yeah, that's right. I think the uh, previous government, uh, Barisa National, used uh, the BRIM handouts and a lot of the other handouts uh, to very good effect. Um, and now it uh, remains to be seen what kind of economic redistributive policy uh, that uh, Pakistan Harapan can introduce. Uh, I mean, they've already introduced a few, uh, but this is what uh, PSM is saying as well, uh, as PSM uh, goes for a policy of the B40 as well. Okay, we'll be coming back with uh, some international news after uh, the news bulletin, uh, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.